Well, by the way, Doctor, is mystery your sole pleasure? Young man, what could be more pleasant than mystery? Well, music, for instance. Music, why, of course. Yes, yes, welcome back to another episode of Orion Radio, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in, my name is Kia Orion, you could be anywhere in the world but you're here with me and I appreciate that. My guest this week um, is the one and only legendary Spado from Philadelphia, hip-hop legend, living legend in the flesh, and I'm not going to talk too much um, because I want to jump to the interview. Um, this was a conversation that I had with Spade maybe two weeks ago at this point, um, and I met Spade because we go to the same gym out here, shout out Fit Gym, the Barbell Bullies in West Philly. And, uh, you know, I'd see him there getting his grind on just about every morning back when I was, um, you know, going, doing the early morning thing at the gym. So I've known Spade for a couple years. Um, he owns now a little studio out in North Philly. He's from North Philly, but he grew up, uh, kind of got involved with the street life a little bit. And then around, I think, his early 20s, we get into it in the interview, um, he started rapping and um, it started popping for him. So he got... Uh, you know, he went from Philly to then he was signed rapping for people in Puff's restaurants in New York to smoking cigars with Jay, chopping it up with Dame Dash, um, one of the founders of Rockefeller Rockefeller Records. So um, you might know him from uh, the, the rap group Major Figures or Dutch and Spade, but either way, my man, he's still uh, putting out music to this day. He's a dad. He's a power lifter. Um, and just all all around good dude, Philly Philly dude. So uh, I'm stoked for you to hear this. He's got stories on stories from his days when he was, you know, first getting signed. We talk about what it's like being on the the shoot, you know, the set of a video shoot from a major record label. What it's like growing up, um, you know, being in his early 20s and having to just wrap his ass off to survive in that sort of New York hip hop scene uh, when things were really popping off with the locks, Cameron, all that sort of shit. So. Without further ado, this is my interview with Spado. He's got some projects coming up. They'll be in the show notes. Um, all of that if you want to connect with him. Thank you for listening. It means the world. For real, for real. I can't articulate that enough. So check this out with Spado, the one and only Philly living legend. Thank you very much. Peace. Good. All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Orion Radio. Um, I got my, my guest, Philly Philly hip hop legend Spado in a building with me, um, and so for those that don't know, um, let the folks just know a little bit about sort of, and we'll get into the story, but a little bit about who you are and, and what you do currently. Uh, well, for those who don't know, my name is Spado. I'm one of the members of the Philly legendary rap group Major Figures and Dutch and Spade and. I was signed to Entertainment Universal. I got songs with Cam Ryan and Charlie Baltimore and 50 Cent and, you know, just almost everybody you Meek can name. Mill. Yeah, Meek. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't even talking about the Philly people because I pretty <laughs> much got songs with everybody from Philadelphia. So I didn't even really get too much into that. And, uh, you know, through some hardships, some ups and downs, I'm still here, you yeah. know? 
Absolutely. Um, and so I, uh, I, as far as um, the research that I was reading on you and different things like that, I have it as uh, your local do Philly born and bred uh-huh. from Nice Town. Yes, from Nice Town. And so you growing up, um, did you? When around did hip hop kind of start to come onto your radar? Like about what age? Very young, because uh, as I was growing up and I was a small kid, they used to have the uh, the DJs and the jams up in Stanton Park back in the day, and I used to see like Cosmic Kev and Jazzy Jeff and DJ Lightning Rich, and you know the whole early hip hop culture. And I grew up listening to that stuff. But what really made me want to be an MC the first time I. Uh, Saw the video to uh, Eric B and Rakim, I Ain't No Joke. Was the oh. first. That's really what made me want to be an MC. VMC, okay, work. So you're growing up in Nice Town um, with, is it, um, how big is your family? Is it, you got siblings, mom and dad? I'm, I'm the youngest of five siblings. Nice. Oh, wow. Know. So you grew up the, the young yeah. man of the bunch. Yeah, I grew up the baby. Okay, and before you get into hip hop, what, like, where's your head at? What are you doing? Are you a sports guy? Are you? Yeah, I was, a, I was an athlete growing up. You know what I mean? I was play basketball, football, you know, a little baseball here and there, ran track. Typical ghetto kid. You okay, know I mean? that's what's up. Um, and what did what did mom and dad do? Uh, my mom's been a nurse all my life. You know, my father passed away years ago, but my father was in the Navy oh, shit. earlier in life. You know what I mean? Then he had some falls and trials and tribulations, but, you know, yeah. this is life. You uh, know what I mean? Okay, so you grew up, mom doing the nursing thing. Yeah. You're you're doing the sports. You got your five siblings. Um, hip-hop kind of starts to come onto the scene. And then around high school, uh, where do you, what do you like in high school? What, like, young spade? What's that? What's that? In high school, I really was, I was, I was, uh. I was just really more so into being an athlete, and honestly, uh, I had a few uh, college scholarships to go play basketball, and really? I actually came home for the summer before I went off to college, and a lot of guys, some of the guys I grew up with had formed a rap group uh, called Lyrical Terrorists, and uh, I went to a couple shows with them over the summer, and I just was around, and I just fell in love with it, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that, had you been writing that whole time? No, oh. no, I wasn't writing. Oh wow! I wasn't even thinking about rapping. I was oh just, shit! I was just You're playing, just playing ball. ball. Just yeah, playing I was playing ball. ball. <laughs> and I grew up, you know. And it just that summer, I said, "Mom, I don't want to go to college." She like what? You know, she wanted to kill me. Oh, but I'm especially like, you got scholarships too. Yeah, but the whole thing about it, like I explained to her, I said, "Mom, I didn't want to go to college to be a school student. I wanted to go to college to play ball. Yeah. And if you go for the wrong reasons, you're not going to last anyway." That's a really good point. And so uh, that was senior okay. high school. Yes. Okay, so senior high school then, you tell you break the news to mom. You said, yo, I want to do this hip-hop This thing. is actually after the senior, after I graduated after, high school and everything. After you graduate. Okay, so so then what do you what are you doing I, at that point? Where's your head at? Uh, I was a typical kid. Didn't know where my head was at. You know what I'm saying? Are you because working? I wasn't working. I wasn't doing anything. I was in the streets. You know oh, what I mean? Shit. So that was the double whammy. And, you know, at this point in time, it's like uh, for an artist from Philly to get on, wasn't a reality you know what i'm saying yeah. the artist from philly getting a record deal wasn't a reality back then so it was more of a a shot i didn't tell my mom specifically i don't want to go to college because i want to be hip-hop you know right. what i mean i was just like mom i don't want to go to college i don't want to be a student athlete i just want to be an athlete you, you know what you I mean? knew in so, your heart you didn't want to do it yeah so sure. when that sort of dawns on you what then is in your mind that did you do, are you thinking then career wise of okay well then maybe I'll go into business or maybe I'll do something else or are you just saying you know I'll figure it out like how how far ahead are you thinking at that point? Not even a 
five minutes ahead. You know oh, I, mean? I was living minute to minute. I'm hustling. I got some money in my pocket. I look good. So I'm like, okay, oh, shit. this is life. You know are I mean? you are you hustling for real? Yeah. That time? yeah so, okay. So this would you know, I'm like, this is life right here. Yeah. Plus, if you were through that too, you're probably making enough money that it's not sure. like that. It's not like super pressing that you've got to get a sure. nine to five sort of gig. You know. For sure. Um, and so then. Take me sort of through the hip hop trajectory. Then, are you at that in that stage? Are you still writing and rapping, or is that a little bit farther down? I didn't even way? think about writing because I was more like a freestyler. I just oh. used to freestyle, freestyle. I used to have ciphers, smoke weed, and have ciphers and stuff. And then it was just you know, we used to do little shows in here and there. But I wasn't actually a member of the group. I just was like an entourage, and I just used to be around. And I just it was a great experience because I just learned. I just from being a tag along, I started being around. You know, seeing what the ins, the the nuances of the game was, you know what I mean, yeah. on on that small of a scale, you know what I mean, and uh, it was a wealth of experience. And then you know, a little while later, I actually joined the group. One of the members left the, the group. Lyrical and they put, Terrace. Yes. Then oh, I, okay. One of the members left the group, and then I joined the group. Then we started doing things, but we didn't have a clue about what to do with the music business. We <laughs> were just rapping. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We didn't have a clue. Yeah. You know, we didn't know what was going it, on. It's totally different business back then too, where For it sure. wasn't like now, where you can put shit out independently, so on and so forth. You almost had to have. You had to be signed. You had to have right. that backing. You know, and so. Um, so the member drops out. Someone says, "Yo, Spade, join these lyrical terrorists." And who else is in that group with you? Uh, uh, all guys I grew up with, my man Jamal, his name was Dark Man, and uh, Zammy, and uh, Rob. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we was actually a dope group. Did you, you know? guys put? Did you have any recorded projects out? Anything like uh, that? We what never. We, we didn't get that far ahead because we just. <laughs> you were just rapping. We was just rapping. You know what I mean? We were just just making music you know what i mean okay and so then at what point does that um translate or at what point does major figures become a thing or, or do you does lyrical terrorist kind of fall apart and you do your solo thing how does well lyrical terrorist fell apart and uh wallow people might a lot of people know him as this the motivational speaker now oh wallow wow. 267 but he's you know like a little brother to me he actually lived like right in the house next to me so me and him he same way I was a tag along. Yeah, he was our tag along, oh, and I used to teach him how to write raps, and I used to help him out. And then, uh, as lyrical terrorists fell apart, and I really wasn't thinking about rap, he's like, "Yo, big bro, I got this idea." Him and Gilly came to me like, "Yo, I got this idea. We're gonna do this thing called Major Figures, yada yada yada." And I was like, "Man, I ain't think about this rapper shit. I'm hustling." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then uh, I never took it serious. I didn't wasn't thinking about it. And then he actually got in some trouble and went away, went to prison. And then uh, Gil came back like, yo, we're going to put this together. Because Gil used to come up and we do ciphers, have fun. He was like, yo, we're going to get this together, bro. Come down, come holler at me. And, you know, you know, I went down and started hollering at them. And I just started running around with them. And, and then uh, it happened the same way LT. I mean, I had grew up with Gil. You know, I had known Gil for years. Yeah. I knew him Ab for years. I known all of them uh, bump for years. So, uh, you know, they was like, come on, man. We doing this thing. Maybe you might as well be down with us. I was like, well, I ain't really doing, I ain't thinking about it. They're like, come on, man, we're going to take a shot. And, you know, we took a shot and we started making music and it just came together. And, and it was dope. So when he says something like that, we're going to take a shot. Do you, at that time and in that era, does that mean um, we're going to put a demo together and try to shop it to labels? Where, what, we, how did it work back we then, didn't, business-wise? We didn't. Think, even think that far. We had a manager. Our management team was uh, uh, Tino Brown and Marcus Graham. And we just used to be around sitting in the cars, having conversations. And Marcus Graham used to walk around with his little tape recorder. And he just used to record us 
bidding and having fun. And then when we used to go to the studio, record freestyles and songs and stuff, he just used to put them on tapes and uh, used our funny conversations for interludes on the tapes. And then he started putting the tapes in the stores and then slowly but surely the street started picking it up. Dude, and that's dope. Yeah, yeah. And it just, I mean, it was his brainchild. We wasn't thinking about none of that shit. That's actually really brilliant. And then it just started picking up, picking up, picking up. And then we actually recorded a CD. But in the mix, we made some friends, you know, from hearing about us. And when our close uh, DJ Clark Kent, the oh, legendary shit. DJ Clark Kent, yeah, he was yeah. like, he took to us, and, and so did DJ Stretch Armstrong. They took to us, so he invited us to come on Hot 97, DJ Stretch Armstrong. We used to go up there like almost uh, one Sunday a month and just go in there and kill it, and that's how we got a buzz in New York. And DJ Clark Kent used to call us, to, uh, come to New York, and he used to be like, yo, such and such is in the studio session. Come on, I'm taking y'all over there. And we, we just used to go over there and just, you know, battle and have ciphers with the newest up-and-coming artists at that time, and... Uh, we just earned a lot of respect, and then our name just spread, 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 spread. That's and crazy. So, the fact whoever that dude was that that recorded your your stuff, yeah, Marcus Graham. Marcus Ram, That's a brilliant idea to have interludes, the conver car conversations. Well, I told, I told, I told, I told anybody, to listen. He was like the brainchild behind Major Figures because we didn't, that, have, we didn't have no clue what we was doing. And that's a really smart, <laughs> smart way to do it. Well, you know, sure. and that's um, that's an intelligent man. So. Those kind of start popping. You don't. You don't even intend I don't even for know. it to. Yeah, you don't even. I didn't even realize. know until one day I heard a car rode up and they was playing my stuff, and I'm like, "Yo, where you get that from?" He's like, "I bought it from the record store." And I'm listening, and I'm like, D "And he didn't even know it was me. He was listening to." I was like, "Oh shit!" And you're also like, "How are you paying for that?" And I'm not seeing any of this bread. Yeah. I, you <laughs> yeah. know, to be honest, I was. I, my mind wasn't thinking like that because I was just so happy that somebody was riding around playing uh, my music. A hundred. Yeah. So I was it was just like, oh shit. Then I started hearing seeing another car, hearing another car, and yeah. hearing another car. Like I didn't uh you know So I wasn't even thinking about the business aspect of it then. Right. The first time that you that the guy pulls up in a car, you hear your stuff being played by somebody on the car. First time. Right. What where are you? Where is it? What's that feeling like? I'm actually standing on seventeenth from Wing of Hocking, where I used to hang and grew up around there in nice town and a car out playing and i'm like yo where you get that from and he like yo i got it from the store i got it from sound to germantown and i'm like that was a record store in germantown area i'm like oh shit he like yo this shit right here hot i'm telling you these new bulls major figures i'm telling you all this shit. and i'm li and he talking to me like he's talking to me. i'm like <laughs> like yo that's i'm my like group. yeah i'm like oh all right cool i'm like cool you know what i mean that's really what happened. No Dude, that's such a crazy... I couldn't even imagine just hearing a car playing my shit. Um, and so then at that point... And talk a little bit before we go on. What is like going, what's it like going up to Hot 97 and and battling guys? Like, Because that seems so far removed from the culture now. Is it just Clark Kent gives you the call and, hey, come up and you're there. Yeah. You hop on the, the car and you guys drive two yeah, hours down go. there the same day and... Yep. So who are you? Are you who are you crashing with in New York, or where are you staying? You used what to are go up there and just get back on the road and come home at night. Oh, really? So yeah. just make a day trip up there. Go yeah, sure. and and are you battling guys in the studio, New York dudes? All 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 the up and coming artists that came around the same era as we in there battling. So we just earned the respect. You know what I'm saying? What's what would those battles look like? Would they would they put a beat on and you guys go? Yeah, the beats would like just that? be on. Whatever beats they was in there working on the record, we'd go in there and just trash them. And they'd be like, yo, these Philly boys can rap. I remember the first time, you know, we did a a a, a New York DJ mixtape, because those was big back then. SNS, doo wop. Clue, the mixtapes yeah. were real, real, real big back then. 
and we went to do uh, DJ Silver Surfer, and uh, it's me, Gil, and his, and Ab Lava. So we go in there, and it's all these New York artists, all these New York rappers, and Silver Surfer say, "Listen, it's one slot. All y'all gonna go to the same beat. Whoever got the best rhymes gonna make the tape. Whoever don't, don't." So we in there, you know, back then it's like, we different. We from Philly. We got on polo shirts and this, that. They all got on Ava Rexes and do-rags. <laughs> and so they looking at us like, we funny looking. And we looking at them like, man, get out of here. Y'all yeah, weird. Yeah. So he put on uh, uh, Biggie Smalls, uh, who shot you? So he like, whoever got the best route, y'all going to go. So they like, who going to go first? So everybody like, let the Philly boys go. Let Philly go. Let the Philly guys go first. Nope, they didn't know us. So we like... All right, fuck it. We'll go first. <laughs> yeah. We'll go first. And we all, we all three of us went in the booth at the same time because the way the booth was set up, it had three mics in there. Oh, shit. Yeah, we was at Quad Studios. So it's like we went in there and we just, was, we just ran down on it. And I just seen the look on everybody's faces as we, because they had never heard of us or heard us rhyme. Yeah. And nobody rapped like us back then. Where were you getting those influences from? Who did, did, was there anyone you could com, you could compare it to to who no, you sounded like? No, because we didn't have just, nobody. It was just yeah, we didn't have nobody. Like the only people from Philly that was on before us was like the Roots and yeah. Will and and, and uh, Three Times Dope and uh, they didn't rap like us. Right, right. So we was influenced by the stuff we saw and we just took our craft and you know what I'm saying. We was young, we was fly, fly you know what I'm yeah. saying. We was buying, you know, we was fly. We was on the scene, so we just we just took our style and, and did what we did. It was similar to what uh, some people would say maybe what Mace was doing in New York, mm. young and flat. But we was just we was flat, but we was. We wasn't pretty with it. We was yeah. we from the streets. We on the block with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But then when we went in there and we killed that joint so crazy, when we came out, you know, Silver Service said, man, all the rest of y'all can leave. Like, it ain't even no... There's <laughs> no, yeah, no need to even hear nobody else. And they didn't complain. They was like, yeah, son, y'all killed this, son. You know what I mean? We ain't even messing with it. Because we were so different. That's it, dope. Yeah, we were so different. You know what I mean? And it, it was just, you know. Dude, that's, t- for, for the New York dudes to respect you, because that's. Yeah, but that's I mean, they didn't give it to us. We took it. Yeah. They didn't give it to us. Trust me, because every room we walked in, everybody's faces broke up. Like, look at these dudes, Philly niggas. Right. Yeah. We earned our respect. You know what I'm saying? We line them up. Whoever y'all saying the hottest and these up and coming dudes and who, line them up. We going to get it in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whoever it is, uh-huh. line them up. You know what I mean? That's crazy. I feel like, man. That, it's just such a different time. Yeah. Who 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 is popping at that point? Like, who are you guys bumping in your in your tape deck? At like, who? And if you remember the radio smashes or, or I mean, who's in the streets? All like, I really was into, to? I was into what I'm really both still into now, like Jay Z. Uh, so Jay's is the Jay's popping at this time. Yeah, is this like Jay's popping 1996. Jay's not the out? biggest guy. No, this is a uh, 99, 98, okay. 99. Oh, we, we first started doing MF. It was like 98. Oh, okay, cool. So it was like we was big on Jay, the Locks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Biggie, you know what I mean, had just passed a couple years before, but his music was still big. You know what I'm saying? And we were still doing that. This 97, 98. So. And, and being East Coast stuff, the the stuff from Dre, Snoop wasn't. Oh, we was no, 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 no. We was big. We oh, big. Oh, okay, like, we cool. Was, we, I mean, me and Gil especially, we big Tupac guys. Oh, word, word. Okay, Dre, cool. Snoop, you know what I mean? Sweet. So it was just it was Scarface. I'm a big Scarface, the, Ice Cube guy. The, the mix of everything. You were just yeah, for sure. It was just dope. The sure. the lyrical dudes. Okay, cool. Um, so that starts to pop off. Um, you guys are in the studio. Blah blah blah. How does the the more legitimate business side of the record deal come about for MF? 
uh, actually, we released uh, the MF2000 mixtape. We had a cover on. It was the album. It was it had a cover on there, and it had all the the Broad Street Line subway stops on there. And we put it out on the street. We we bought a bunch of blanks. We pressed them ourselves. We got jewel cases. We put plastic. We actually was down the Clarion Hotel on Vine Street, <laughs> sealing them up in plastic wrap so they look professional, and boxing them up, boxing them up, boxing them up. And we, we made these little bullcrap posters and we ran around posting them around the city like a week or so before. And what was crazy, it was so big that when we was delivering to the record stores, they were selling out so fast. Like people actually was buying tickets to hold their CD. So wow. it, it was so big, it, it blew my mind and it just took off. But we didn't, um, when we... Well, the labels start. It was a bidding war. The labels all came, and they was calling. So, and so, as you know, as someone who grew up with that, with that dream of you know, someone getting signed someday or whatever. What's it like when the labels start calling? What are those conversations like? Like, give me the behind the scenes scoop on what, what that, what that. It happened so like. fast. I didn't. I didn't take time to really soak it in because mm. it was like we was already moving and shaking so much. It was just like the record deal thing was like, okay, now it's a deal. But we was already moving and shaking. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? We I it wasn't nothing to get a record deal because I already knew Jay-Z. I already had met really? Jada Kiss and them. I already, you know what I'm saying? We had already been through them through doing that thing. Cause when we was going up battling, doing the radio and stuff, we earned so much respect that people, you know, just yo, come up, come kick it, come through, come Yo, so talk just, talk about that first time meeting Jay. What's that like? Um Jay wasn't the superstar he is now. Right. Because Jay really got big. We was around Jay right when he started bubbling, right when uh, Hard Knock Life came out. That's yeah. the album that really blew him up. Yeah. And uh, we was around for all of that, you know, because we was, you know, and at the same time he signed Siegel. So yeah. we was around, you know, Siegel, we always used to be together. So we always was just around. So it wasn't like, a, oh, this Jay-Z. It was just like, damn, this Jay, I fuck with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that. Where, where were you the first time that you guys hung out? Um... Probably at the studio at the Rockefeller uh, offices. In New York? Yeah, we went through, you know what I'm saying? I went up there with Seagull and me and Dutch and was just, you know, it was just some, like, kick it, a kick it thing. I really used to kind of kick it with Dame a little more because I used to just really try to pick his brain about business and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, to be around Jay, it was just like, like, yo, this Jay-Z. And he really, like, respected, like, yo, y'all y'all dudes are nice, man. What are, um, I'd love to get both those stories. What's Jay like in real life? He real down he's a real down earth dude. You know what I'm saying? He always been about business. He always was focused. He always was a man that had a plan. You know what I mean? And and he's a he's an MC. Yeah. You know, like don't get it misconstrued. Don't let the business and all of that stuff fool you. He's an MC at heart. Hmm. He's an MC well, why at heart. Do you, why do you say that? Because he 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 loves the craft. You know, because what, what what used to amaze me, what I used to take from him when I got around him, like when you go in there. Whatever new release was out, he would be listening to it, whether it was rock, rap, pop, oh. uh, folk music. He listened to everything. Like, he stayed current on the music scene. So he was, like, intimate about the new sounds and, the, you know what I'm saying? He, yeah. He stayed adapted to it. He didn't keep his mind in a box, like, I only listen to East Coast rappers. Right. I only listen to this type of rappers. I only listen to this type of music. He kept his, he always thought outside of the box. So that's what always kept him a step ahead. 
mm. in front of most artists. And to stay relevant. I think if you look at his catalog, I think that's one thing. Sometimes people, I think, give him shit for it. But a, a testament to him is that he has been able to, um, you know, his sound still feels, even if it has old school vibes, still feels like it fits, you know what I mean, in the current, well, in the he kind of doesn't, current day and age. He doesn't allow himself to get dated because he... uh he stays in the moment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And talk about that young Dame Dash. What's Dame what's, was what's Dame was like? one of the smartest people I ever sat and talked to. I mean, he was and him and myself is similar because he's stubborn enough to to fail, win or fail doing it his way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he had a vision for how he wanted to go about doing things and uh hated or love it, it worked. Can you touch on that a little bit? Did he articulate what that vision was? Um, he didn't get into specifics, but we just used to talk just about general things about how the same way you see an interview with Dame Dash now, he was back then. <laughs> he was brash. He was yes, straight yes. forward. But when you listen to what he's saying, it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he had a, he was the first one that made me think about lineage, like Yo, okay, Spade, you can get you some money and get you a couple cars and you can do this, do this, do this. All right, well, what about your son? Yeah. What is he going to have? Leave something behind for him. Establish this. If you establish that, so what? You can make some money. That money will go this or that. It'll be going this day. That fit. You know, he just used to make me think outside. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Thinking long term about this shit. For sure. For sure. At that time, where was your son in the picture? Was he a, was he born yet? Or did you have shorty? Oh, my son was, my son was young. He was a... I want to say two, three. Okay, so at this point, when you are you're hanging out with Jay, hanging out with Dame, things are starting to pop from for MF. How old are you? I'm at the time. 26, I'm twenty six, twenty five. No, I'm way younger than that. I'm twenty one. Oh wow. Twenty one, twenty two. Oh damn, twenty two. So, when does the son come on the picture? Around twenty. My son was born when I was nineteen. When you were nineteen. I was nineteen, almost twenty. Yeah. And were you was his mother was she lady that you were like we're gonna do this or was it just something that no nah. no yeah. it just happened to be a thing um so when your son came around how involved were you with him at that point uh as involved as involved as a 19 year old kid <laughs> it could be it, it's crazy for me to think about 19 now i'll interact with high school kids that uh. have kids and i'm like y'all are still babies man right and, as, and exactly what i was as a 19 year old man like you're still just figuring everything out you yeah. feel me like that's well okay that's a good that's a good point as involved as a 19 year old male could be so you've got your little boy you're 21 mm. hanging out with jay dame the locks um when those label when those labels start calling and the group you guys are thinking of wanting to take it to the next level what are the different deals and stuff that are starting to come through that, that people are offering you? Well, actually, we, we actually had individual deals before we even got the major figures deal because once we started bubbling, people was like, yo, I like this one. I like that one out the group. I like this one out the group. Uh -huh. I like this one out the group. So actually, me and Dutch got signed to Entertainment with Cam and them first. Well, around the same time, then Gil signed with uh, Tony Draper and Suave House. And uh, then major figures got signed. But it was all a, a, a segment from major figures, you know what I mean? But it was just like, as we was moving around and we used to be rapping for people, people picked and chose what they liked, who they liked, or whatever, individually. Huh, so you but are But it was like all an, part of the plan because it was only, it only made the group more valuable and bigger. Yeah. So. You each had kind of your own thing going on. So you were signed 
individually and then as a part of MF? Yes. What did your individual deal look like? Who was who was the label with? Uh, entertainment. You, with entertainment, and why did you roll with them? Um, he was the first one that he he kept his word. When me and Dutch went, we actually went to Puffy's restaurant, Justin. We was in Justin's. We rapped for him. Matter of fact, we talked to him, and he was like, yo, bring him by the studio tomorrow. We went to the studio. Me and Dutch rapped for him in, in person. He he sat there with his face stone like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah. But then he called uh, the management later and was like, yo, I want them kids. I want them. And he was like, I'm going to send a contract over next, you know, the, literally the next day. The lawyer called and was like, yo, I got a contract for y'all from entertainment. And I was just like, all right, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, cool. You know, we kind of rolled with the first deal. We got offered with that because he kept his word. He's like, yo, I'm going to give y'all a deal, and he did. So, What what did the numbers look like at that point? Um, in, in relative terms, it was, no, nah, well, shit, it was a $500,000 record deal. So we got 20% advance. So it was like between me, it was 50 grand a piece. Yeah. You know what I mean? But hey, it was a $50,000 check. Hey, man, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, that's more than I'm making a year. We were just rapping for free. A hundred. We were just rapping for free on the corner. Bro, and so with those deals, with the advance and stuff like that, how much of it did you guys understand much no. about? Because those contracts, Nothing. those deals could be, they can fuck you if you are, if you aren't really reading the fine print. You Everybody's know I mean? first contract fucks them. Yeah. <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's a record label gamble. The label may not ever make a dollar off of you. Right. Say you never, which Dutch and Spade album never came out. So essentially, they gave us a bunch of money for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's always a gamble. You know how many artists never come out? A hundred, man. Yeah. You only hear about the like 1% that are actually yeah, popping. Yeah, so, so the labels are taking gambles. So why and why didn't the Dutch and Spade album ever come out? Um, It just, you know, uh, uh, Lance Rivera had issues with the label and that thing was going back. We just got kind of caught up in the wash and then... uh. You know, I got in some trouble in the streets, you know what I mean? Uh, it was just like, once I started getting into trouble and then the word travels fast and yeah. they're like, yo, this dude, man, nah. Okay. Um, so. I was bad for business. I, I, I believe it, man. Yeah, because. You know, and, and I, I, you know, I, I would feel the same way now being an older guy and being uh, with my mind on the other end of the business. It's like, you don't I would feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to waste my money, invest my money in a cat who's going to go to jail tomorrow. Right. Like, not time for that stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it just feels like they're turning on you. You know what I mean? Um, so at that point, um, let's take it to the next step. MF gets signed. How? Who's in the group at that point? Everybody. Everybody's in the group. What is the vision for y'all at that point? Are you guys just having fun rapping? Are you trying to be the biggest thing in Philly? Are you trying to go on tour worldwide? Where? What we, are you thinking? We already were the biggest thing in Philly at the time. So we didn't, you know, us and BNC and all, but we was all together. So it didn't matter. We already was the biggest things in Philly. And uh, we didn't really have a vision. That's probably why we didn't achieve the level of success of, say, of a state property. Yeah. Because they had Jay-Z staring the boat. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And Dame staring the boat to give them the vision that they didn't see. We didn't have that. We did, was, did you have a leader or, or any or a manager, really, to help you? Kind I mean, of we had it? management, but our management was just as green as us when it yeah. came to, you know what I'm saying? Because along with artists not being signed from Philly, no managers from Philly had no experience on, you know what I'm saying, what yeah. to do. So... We, we, we didn't have the guidance that we needed to have. 
and we didn't have the full because we was kids. We was just rapping on a corner six months ago, nine months ago. We was rapping for free. Yeah. You know, and now all of a sudden we 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 didn't have a vision of how how to market. We didn't know a marketing budget and uh, the uh, logistics and the analytics of how to you know radio. We didn't know how BDS radio worked. We didn't know none of that stuff. Right. We learned the hard way, but we didn't learn how to market. We didn't you know. We didn't have a clue. So, and what label did you guys end up signing with? We ended up signing with Rough Nation, Warner Brothers, and they were a brand new record label. Warner, we was one of Warner's first acts as far as hip hop. Warner Brothers didn't do hip hop; they weren't a hip hop label, so they didn't have a. Uh, which was another mistake on our part for not signing with a hip hop label that knew how to uh. deal with hip hop artists and marketing brand hip hop artists. We didn't; they didn't have a clue, so it was just like. It was the blind leading the blind, you know what I mean? <laughs> Especially because if your label doesn't know how to market you guys properly, um, that's an issue because at that time when hip-hop was kind of taboo but also really cool, like that, yeah. you got to work that balance. Yeah. Um, and so is that, does, how many albums did MF end up releasing? One. Just the one. And all we did was re-release the album we had already released on the streets, which was a never poor decision. You know, I I think it was a very poor decision because we had the resources then. We should have went back in and recorded another album with some bigger named artists, bigger named producers. Yeah. You know, but that was just, and that was a poor decision on our part because we didn't know better. Right. We didn't know better. We figured, because it happened so easy for us. And it's like, we put it out and it took like wildfire in the streets. So we thinking that's what's going to happen again. We're going to put this out and it's going to take like wildfire. But, uh. Are you guys thinking that it's going to take the wildfire over the radio? Who 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 are you? Uh, we thought we was going to take the whole game by like you know oh, because right. we had so much success in Philly. We had so much not success in Philly. We got we got so much props established, so much props in the industry among the industry people that we like. Okay, we're going to have all of their support, and it's going to be this, this, this. And but we didn't understand. It was just like uh, everybody not happy for you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, your idols become your rivals. You know, that's your idols true become shit. your rivals. You know what I'm saying? So it's like uh, all the kicking it and sitting around and kicking it and doing all of that stuff that went out the window because now you did competition. Huh? You could tell that there was a, definitely a switch in the vibe. Sure. Hmm. Sure. sure. Interesting. Um, and so you guys released the one, and how does the how does the album do? Terribly. Terribly. <laughs> if you now, if being who you are, if you were managing that major figures group. What advice would you have for young Spade and that and the and the crew from your position where you are now? Uh, first thing I would have been more inclined to marketing the brand as itself because major figures, the logo, the brand and stuff, is still popular. I would have uh focused more on that. I would have in this era now, with YouTube and all of this stuff and the visual part of it. Had we came up in this area, we'd be enormous because it was so many different personalities. It was like a walking reality show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, was, it was so many giant personalities that it would have been so much, I'm not going to say easy. Yes, I'm going to say easier because I think it would have, we didn't have a chance to really let the world see who we really were. Right. You know what I'm saying? All they did was hear us on those beats. And, uh, the visual component's huge. We didn't, we didn't, we had local production. Like our music sounded local. 
it wasn't that it didn't have that which was cool because we could have made our sound pushed our sound along with our music but i definitely wouldn't have signed to that label hmm. i definitely would have weighed out options i definitely would have went around i would have seeked out more production more just different things everything our parents are what, like, tell me, let's let's get specific. What would you have changed? What would you change in the appearance? Maybe something like that. Um, from what to what? I would have made sure we understood that we were artists and we weren't those kids uh, rapping from the hood. Yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I would have visually, we would have looked like artists. We would have took our time and looked like artists, which we didn't understand back then. Yeah. We didn't have a clue. And who was making your beats back then? Uh, uh, Rug from uh, Batcave Studios. Huh. And all Philly guys, Rug, uh, Hot Runners. Uh, who else we had on that? Wow. It was mostly all Rug and Hot Runners. That's crazy. So are those guys kind of a, a accessory to the group, or are they just kind of sending you guys beats and you guys run with them? No, they, they was, me, you know, me and Rug, I used to, me and, me and Rug go back so far. I used to rap in his... Uh, Mom's basement, you know. What oh, I mean, that's damn. how that's how he was our my he was our producer for lyrical terrorists. Like oh he, damn, okay, that's cool. how far me and Rug went back. Word. And then uh, you know, he 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 just got bigger and bigger, yeah, and bigger, and bigger. And so I watched some of the music videos that you guys have online for MF. Do you remember shooting those? Yes, and it was just like that's another thing. That's what I mean visually. They didn't look like the other videos of that era, because in what way? Be, they weren't crisp enough. They weren't, if you look at a Dave Myers video from that era or a uh, Hype Williams video yeah. from that, you can see the difference. And it's like with um, new artists in a new genre, you gotta be, it got to be all hits and no misses. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we're already a new kind of, unless you're going to go the other way. Now, say if you were going to go the other way, like a cash money and do it raw and take them right in the middle of Magnolia Project and walk people through the city of Matt, walk people through New Orleans and give people their first peek in New Orleans. Uh, the Warner Brothers label was in between. They wanted us to look uh. glitzy and shiny and all of that and commercially, but the way to go was either go all the way with it or walk them through North Philly, right. Nice Town, right. and Erie Avenue and, and all of that. Take it raw. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and let people see. Because some people, that was their first vision of no Philadelphia. Yeah, the first time they, they have exposure to that. Yeah, that was their first time. That would have been their first time seeing North Philly. So, And, what, like, when you were on that shoot, is there a director telling you guys, hey, you need to spice this up? Is there, are they just saying, hey, rap in front of the camera? Are you, I fucking what, hated the director. What, 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 so, what, like, so what's it like behind the scenes of a big video? Like it was that? just so fucking, it was, like, corny. It was, like, I felt bubblegummy. I'm like, yo, this ain't us, man. Yeah. Then I'm like, you know, I'm like, what's up with this dude? Man? Oh, what's the director? What's he telling you? What, he was somebody from the label, and it was like, yo, this dude don't even know us. Yeah. He don't even know us. He don't even know our personality. Like, was it was it, just more like, you stand here, you stand here, you stand here, you stand. Nah, man. Was it a white dude? Yeah, I'm like, yo, what's <laughs> yeah. up with this dude? I'm like, yo, like, he ain't, where's the vision? Did he even listen to the record before he shot the video? Yeah. It was just like cartoony thing, dude. I was right. like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. What did the other uh, group members think? Were they down I mean, for everybody they, was oh. so happy, like, yo, we got a big video, and we had props, and it was like a big production and makeup and stuff. We oh, weren't used to that type of shit. Dude, I don't blame you at all. So what's it, so you get there, are, are they putting makeup on you guys and everything? Yeah, How it's like a, it was like a real movie set, and it was like, okay, cool. And I, we was excited, but then it was yeah. like, yo, this shit is, you know, when I thought about it, it was like, eh. 
you know, as I'm going. And then it was like he was rubbing me the wrong way. He was pissing me off the yeah. whole day. It was like, yeah, because me and him was butting heads because he was like, no, I don't want y'all to wear this. I want y'all to wear that. And I'm like, yo, listen, we're going to wear what we're going to wear. You're not dressing us up and looking like puffing mace and shiny shit and all that. <laughs> right. We from North Philly. That's not this us. This what we're going to look like. A hundred. This what we're going to look like, man. So, you know, it is what it is. This what I'm wearing, man. This what I'm wearing. You know, and everybody yeah. like, yo, man, you can't keep, you can't keep fighting with it. <laughs> man, listen, man. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. It's fucking deep, man. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I'm you can, pissed off. You can tell when there's a puppeteer pulling the strings. It just sometimes just doesn't feel genuine. And it was just, it wasn't like, uh, he wasn't nobody I heard of or respected. So it was like, come on, dude. Now say if Hype Williams say, yo, baby, man, y'all got to try this, 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 this. Okay, you got a track record. All right, I'm going to rock with right, your word. Right, This dude, like, who is this dude, yeah. man? What, what other videos did he shot? You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And right. I'm like, man, forget this dude, man. Yeah. So you guys shoot the video, um, and you drop the album, and then what ends up happening to MF? Does it end up, uh, where are the other members at that point? Like, are you guys all feeling? We all running around, but then when the, when the, when the, when the, when the, when the, the album didn't do well, it took demoralized us. The album didn't do well, and then State Property did well, because Jay-Z was backing it, and then it was like the tension with us and them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just like, they went and we fell. You know, it was just like, it demoralized the group. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. demoralized us. And uh, I ain't going to say, we, 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 we kind of, we drifted apart. You know what I'm saying? I, it wasn't like we drifted apart because our friendship was still pretty tight. But it was just like, I just got deeper back into the streets. Like, yo, listen, this is, all right, you took a shot. I ain't got no fucking money. You know what I'm saying? I'm uh, running around with y'all doing this rapper shit, and I ain't been out here getting this motherfucking money. Yeah. Now the rap money then then then, then starting to, to slow it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So now I'm deeper and deeper and I'm back in the streets and you know, you know how that goes. Absolutely. Does when you're back in the streets, do you end up getting pinched? After after the music stuff? Huh? Do you end up getting pinched when you're when you're after you're doing the music, you say you get demoralized, you go back to the streets. Um how does that kind of culminate in an ending? Do you get pinched? Do you end up Dipping out, saying I've had enough. How does nah, that end man, up? We still, in the, I end up getting pinched. You end up getting pinched. Not long after that, so you know, it, it, it shit rolls downhill fast. Yeah, a hundred. So you get pinched, and then where's your mind at in the sense of are you thinking, man, I need to get out here, keep doing the music? Are you thinking when I'm getting out of here, I'm going right back to the streets? What's what's Young Spade um, thinking at that point? When I got when I got pinched, you know, I had such serious charges. Music wasn't even a reality for me. It wasn't a thought to me. It was just like at this point, it was like, yo, I just want to get my freedom again. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I wasn't thinking about music. I like I have music, whatever. You know like, what I'm saying? Are, are you when you are then? Um, and where did they send you? I went upstate. Oh, you went upstate. Yeah, but in the mix of that, I'm in the federal prison. I'm in, you know, it was just a, a whole ball of fucking. Bad Just wax. the headache, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. So, so you're in there, you're upstate. When you're in there, are you, how are you spending your time? How are you coping with that pressure of having to, how do you, how are you navigating that? Like, I'm curious as far as your headspace, what do you, what are you doing? Um, when I'm in there, I'm just... I'm 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 just really I'm not even thinking about me. Music's not even a, a reality. So you weren't like writing and shit in there. Nah, just, I wasn't thinking about that right. shit. I'm thinking like, yo, I gotta get my freedom, man. You know, I got a family. I got you yeah. know what I'm saying. I got things I gotta do. Are you do you 
um, develop friendships in there? Do you stick to yourself? What kind of what kind of a of course, I got, I got, I, I developed some of my best friends are people. Some of the best, my best friends are people that I met in prison. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I seen when you inside there, you in your most vulnerable, you in your most genuine form. Like you on the bottom of the barrel. You know, it's the your worst days. You know what I'm saying? I'd have yeah. had dudes cry on my shoulder when they mom, they yeah. mom passed away, or they lose a child, or a sibling, or. Their wife leave them or, you know, whatever. Just it's just real life shit. And you 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 grow a camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? Like like I equate it to like people that be in the military and you in the foxholes yes. with your with your with your partner for you you grow camaraderie and it's just like you see people at their most vulnerable and genuine state and you know and you vice versa. So And as someone who who's never experienced that, what's the day to day like as far as on your mental state, knowing that you've you know, you've got to, you've got to remain sane. You've got, you'll get, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel someday, but that you've got to just endure. How do you remain faithful? Um, you have your faith. You got with people around you that do love you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that stick around and tough it out with you. And then you just, you know, when people ask you, you know, that's like asking, that's like ask somebody ask you, how do you walk? Yeah, you just do it. You just do it. You know what I mean? You just do it. You just do it. You start working out pretty heavy at that point? Yeah, I'm working out pretty because that was like one of my coping. That was one of my coping mechanisms, working out. You know what I'm saying? Was that the first time you started kind of getting an intro to training? For sure. And so is that's life-changing for you, obviously, because right. you know, you're still pretty into it. Um, what What's your training looking like at that point? I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm just in there lifting weights. <laughs> and then, But then I got, you know, I got to come ride with a couple guys, and they just put me on a, like a... You know, we get the muscle and fitnesses, and that just yeah. let me know how to structure, start structuring, structuring, working out. And as I seen results from doing different things, I just used to try and mix and match and learn different things. And you know, that's how I work. Be- before that, you pretty skinny, dude. Yeah, before and yeah, super skinny. That's so interesting. So you start to okay, you get to change. Well, fast forward. What's it like when you're in there and you start to get really close to your release date? What's that feeling like? Um. It's unsettling because you don't really know. You don't know if you're actually going to get, you actually, you don't know if you're actually going to uh, get home. And it's unsettling because you don't know what's waiting for you out there. Yeah. I didn't know what was out here for me. I didn't have a fucking clue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't have a, you know, part in the couple. No, no. Pl- I didn't have a clue what was out here. You know what I'm saying? And, so when and even when I got out here, that, I, I just still couldn't imagine what I saw once that, I got here. That's what I was going to ask. So, and then when you touch down, boom, you're out. What's it like that first time that you're back in real life, you know, or civilian life here? Um, it, it blew my mind a little bit because the world was so different, but, you know. I, it took a while to adapt to it, and it's still I'm still adapting every day. Yeah, so it was just a different world. Do you at that point do you move back in with mom? Are you with your shorty? Where, where yeah, you at that point I was I was with with, with, with with a shorty, and which was a bad decision because uh, it wasn't fair to her, it wasn't fair to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I should have came home and just got my own bearings. You know what I'm saying? And figured it out. You know, you can't be comfortable with someone else if you ain't comfortable with yourself. So you gotta Just figure it out. Preach. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't fair to her. It wasn't fair to me. So it didn't work. It didn't last. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we were two different people. 
than what we were before. You know, we outgrew each other. Absolutely. I, I get that. Um, and, what, and then what do you end up doing for money at that point? Are you... Um, when I came home, I actually was... Uh, I started working a little bit, you know what I mean? And, you know, I had a pretty good name, so people showed me some love. So I had, you know, cool. was able to accumulate a little bit of money. But eventually I started moving around. And, you know, you know how I go. Yeah, yeah. Doing kind of hustling shit again? Yeah. Was it never, were you never worried about having to go back after? Um, You know what the thing that? is? It was just like, uh, you think you fully learned your lesson, but sometimes you didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it was just like... The, the the fear and the threat of prison wasn't the same anymore because I already been there already done, done it. So it was like, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a really interesting point that once yeah. you've done it, you survive, you get out, you say, you yeah. know, right. yeah, it, I, I can, get I this can money. do that again. You know what I mean? Wow. Okay. And and where's where's music on your mind at this point? Uh, music was always on my mind. Once once I got a, the, the gist that I was coming home, I started getting back and thinking about the music. But my music, the, my, my mind wasn't about being an artist. My mind was on the, like, all right, I'm going to get home, do some music, set this up so I can be an exec, get behind the scenes and oh. put something together. Interesting. So you're starting to think then you just want to be one of the yeah, business. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, I was, I was like really trying to get behind the scenes. I wasn't really... You know, glitz and glamour, and yeah. you know, I wasn't really with it. I had outgrew that. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? At, at that point, how old are you? I'm 30. When I came home, was I 36? Word. 36. So, 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 you so, go, so, so at that point, too, you're like, I don't want to be this glitz, yeah. glitz, glamour rapper shit. Like, I'm ready to do my, yeah, my business thing. Yeah. And so then after that, at what point do you end up opening the studio? That happened fast. Relatively fast. I had two, you know what I mean, two of my childhood friends. They used to come visit me when I was inside, like, yo, what you want to do when you get home? I'm like, look, I'm going to start this on deck thing, boom, boom, boom. Well, I didn't, it wasn't on deck yet. It was right. like, yo, I'm going to start boom, boom, boom. They're like, all right, well, we're going to put something together. When we come home, all you got to do is just pinpoint it. We don't know nothing about this. We got some paper, though. So let's, let's, let's do this. And oh, then dope. when I came home, you know, I kind of pointed it, pinpointed it, and we put together what we put together, and it worked out. You know what D- I mean? Dope. And so for the listeners, too, tell, tell them a little bit about on deck. Um, and is it the do you still run that business? Uh, on deck is we kind of disbanded, but on deck is still it's still my thing because it's not about uh, money or studio or anything. On deck is them long nights I spent in the prison bed and, and uh, my vision, so I'm never gonna let it go. Okay, cool. So elaborate a little bit on that vision. Uh, what is just, that? You know, my my vision was to come home and start a label and start a company and just to give other cats from Philly the opportunities. And to give other cats the guidance that I wish I would have had when I was younger as an artist. Yeah. You know, because so much talent here. So much. And I think that you really can offer that because um, it's a different perspective. You know, myself, I try to, I think that I know certain things and this and that, but I really don't. And there's also, I feel like, a relatability to you because you're from Philly. You grew up here. You know it. Like, and, and I think people really respect that. You know, young kids especially, they say, okay, this dude, he knows where I'm from. Like, yeah. you know, like nobody else gets it, you know? Except now that you're on the other side and you've worked with legends, you've had a taste of the game, so you have all these elements kind of working together. Um, and so moving forward, as far as uh, seeing that, that vision for yourself, where in a perfect world, what would it look like? Would you be an A&R? Would you own a label? Um... Would you manage artists? What would it kind of look like for you? Um, I think as far as being a uh, probably a manager or a consultant, uh, potentially owning a label, 
owning a successful label, you know. That was the goal, because on deck, we were a label, we were a functioning record label, but we just didn't have the experience. Yeah. You know, I was naive to how much the business had changed, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I didn't experience it. it was, I didn't experience social media and this and the, the uh, digital world and right. all of that. Like, I, had, I didn't have a clue, and I was naive to how much things had changed. So, and before I get you out of here, um, I don't want to keep you too long. For folks, even like myself, up, you know, up-and-coming artists trying to get on, young folks in Philly, because that's part of what the podcast is for, is um, helping, you know, creatives. What advice now do you have in um, the terms of, you know, people trying to get on, say you were a manager or a label head, something like that, what advice would you give to your artists um, to try to help them actually put on, get put on? Um, stay true to who you are when it comes to your music. Speak your truth. Do your truth. Don't chase the trends because the trend today is not going to be the trend tomorrow. So stay true to who you are. Uh, gain, ch- chase the knowledge. Don't chase the money mm. because if you don't have the knowledge, you're not going to keep the money anyway. Right. And just know the history. Know your history. Know your hip-hop history. Be a student of the game. Understand. You know what I mean? Understand what's going on. Understand... The people that came before you learn from their mistakes and uh move forward all right um who are some artists these days that are uh you know in the game that you feel like are popping that you think that they're doing it right that you like that uh that you you dig their vibe from this city or just in general just in general um, from that generation, from the Kendricks and Drakes to I love Uzi Kendrick to, I mean to I love Kendrick, I love J. Cole. I love Drake. I love Meek. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I forgot, how did you end up meeting Meek? How'd you link with Meek? Meek was, you know, Meek grew up a fan of ours. You know what I'm saying? He was a young kid, grew up in North Philly. And, uh, you know, actually, uh, I know his management for Forever Kuna and Phil and them. I know them from the streets. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was just like, uh, I, was in a, I was on the phone one day and a friend of mine was like, yo, I'm talking to Kuhn. And Coon's like, let me talk to Space. I get on the phone. This might have been like two years before I came home. And I talked to Coon. Coon like, yo, Meek right here. And I got on the phone and me and Meek just busted up. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, actually at the time, it was like when the Meek and the Cassidy thing was first start bubbling oh, okay. up. And I'm like, kid, like, stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, don't, 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 don't take the beat. Stay, right. stay away from that stuff, man. Get your money, man. What was it like working with Meek? I listened to some dope. records together. What's it like when you link up, you go to the studio? What's it's dope. You know what I mean? It's, it just happens organically. Like he might, we might just have random conversation. We might just come out, you know, I'm at the studio, come through. And then it don't even be intentional to come through and make a record because yeah. plenty of times me and him been in the studio and, and we don't make a record together. It's just sometimes it just happens. Yeah, that's cool. What, and didn't he just get pinched recently too on some stupid shit? Yeah, a probation violation. He gave him two to four years, which is our egregious, but ridiculous. I actually talked to him maybe a week ago. How's he doing? He's doing great, man. Spirit, you would think he was talking to you from his living room. So. <laughs> He's good. You know what I'm saying? He know the fight ain't over, so that's He's still cool. In it. He's that, still in it. That's really cool that you that you have that that link with him. I I saw one of his interviews recently on Hot 97. And it just seemed like he was really on his grown man shit. Like just yeah, had to focus. Yeah. But that's usually when it happens. When you really when you really on top of your game, that's usually when the fall happens. You know what I mean? But yeah. he's just going. He's 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 growing and he's maturing, so it's you know it's for every setback is a get back so I heard that okay so um, and before I get you out of here too what 
what's maybe some um, some advice that you would give in the sense of as yourself now being on the business side of things, if an artist was looking for uh, management or a label or you know things like that of that nature, what what would you recommend? Would you recommend signing? Would you recommend doing it independently? Don't what look you- for it. Don't look for nothing. Why? Build your brand. Work on yourself. Practice your craft. Master your craft. They're going to find you. The people going to find you. Cool. Don't go looking for them. Cool. That's what's up. Well, Spado, anything as far, and what, as, far as now, is there any um, anything you want to plug or any anything that you're getting into now that, that we, could, we could... Well, right now I'm working on a project... Uh, uh, memoirs of a Fallen Soldier should be out in the next month or so. I'm oh. finishing it up now. Dude, I didn't even realize that. Spade, that's dope. Yeah. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, you know, while I was inside, I just used to do a lot of not writing raps, but just used to just jot down my thoughts, my things that was going through my mind. So now I'm like been going back through that old book, and I've just been like, just been putting it together, putting it into raps, putting it to making music. You know what I mean? Oh, that's dope, Spade. Me and Ab Live, I got a project called Glory. We, we finishing up. We well, it's finished. We just mixing and mastering. We gonna put that out soon. And you know, major figures. We actually been back in the studio together, trying to put together a project together. So it's, it's, I've been working. Oh pretty shit! Heavy. Okay, so so we've got some projects coming out for sure. Um, can you give me some sort of ballpark as far as dates? Or uh, Glory should dates? be pretty soon because it's already done. That's the book. Glory, no, 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 no. Glory is me and Ab Lava's project. Oh, oh, gotcha. That's already done, so that should be pretty soon. And is that coming out independent? Yeah, that's everything's going to be independent. Cool. You know and, what I mean? And now these days, how do you release? How does someone who, who's been part of the industry outside of that, how do you structure a release now? Digitally. Get your campaign, your title, Spotify, and all that stuff. You cool. Know, go right to it digitally. Dope. That's the game now. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. Everything's on that. What do you use for distribution? Do you just, is there one that you like to... Like, do you use DistroKid to, to hit them all, or do you just kind of stick with a f- couple of them? I hit them all. Hit them all. I hit them all. Cool. Not partial. Just say, I'm going to get it out there. I'm going to get it out there. Dope. And uh, for the folks, if they want to find you, what, where's, what's your social media and stuff? The Real Spado at The Real Spado on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Spade on Deck on Facebook, and The Real Spado at Gmail for any inquiries, man. Spade, it's been an absolute pleasure, my man. No, it's my pleasure, man. Dude. Thanks for having me. Yo, thank you for coming through. I appreciate you coming ambush at the gym. Yo, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Another episode. Peace.